I want to tell you about an invitation I received a number of years ago. There was a young couple attending the church to which I was ministering. He was a new pilot at Northwest Airlines. She had moved from California to be near Eric, her boyfriend. Uh, they were both new Christians, but very committed Christians, not living together, had two different apartments. And they came to me and said, we want to get married, and we want you to do the wedding. That was a pretty normal invitation. And then he said, yeah, but we want to get married at my home, which is in San Francisco. And I was like, well, that'll be a little bit of a problem. This was in Minnesota. And they said, oh, no, that's okay. We'll take care of that. They said, we want to fly you out to California with Peggy, your wife, and have you do our wedding on Moss Beach on the Pacific Ocean. And we'll give you a week there so you can vacation after the wedding. I thought about it for a while, and I said, you know, I really can't do that. I have some things I need to do at church, and uh, I need to turn that down. Now, if I had said that, what would you think of me? You'd think I was a little crazy, wouldn't you? Well, I didn't turn down that invitation. And we went, and we had a great week. Eric's aunt was actually Dale Evans, so Roy Rogers was at the, at the wedding. Peggy got to talk to Roy, take her picture with him. Well, I'm telling you about that invitation because today we look at an invitation that Jesus talked about. We come to the last parable we're going to look at this summer as summer is ending. The parable called the Great Banquet. And it's an interesting parable because it is a parable that has a warning. And I, I want you to turn with me. We're going to read through it. It's a, a rather long parable. And as we read it, I want you to watch for one other thing because many commentators say there's actually a parable inside a parable. One of the things I love about Jesus is you never want to get too complacent with him because every once in a while he'll throw you a curveball when you least expect it. And Jesus does that in this parable. You're reading along in the parable and you think everything's hunky-dory heading in one direction and the parable takes a twist. So let's look at the parable and then we'll talk about it. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants, and he said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened calf have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. Now, hold your finger for just a second there. I learned something studying for this sermon that I didn't know about. In Bible, in New Testament times, you had to send two invitations. Nobody had watches. Time didn't exist like we know about. I mean, it existed, but nobody could tell time. And so you always sent two invitations. You sent the first one that said, there's a banquet coming, there's a wedding coming, and you're going to be invited, get ready. But then, when it was actually time and everything was ready, you couldn't put on the invitation, 12 p.m. And so you sent the servants out again. 
And you said, okay, it's here. It's now time. We told you about it. You were getting ready. Come on. Everything's ready. And so what Jesus was telling was normal marriage protocol in his day. A little bit of trivia for you if you're ever on Bible trivia, okay? Verse 5, but they paid no attention and they went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and even killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked the man, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are invited, but few are chosen. I want to look at this parable for a minute because it is a sense, a parable with a warning. And in order to understand this parable, I want us to first go back and look at the day Jesus gave it. The crowd he was speaking to and what it meant to them. Because I think that helps us understand what it means for us today. This is my favorite drawing of Jesus' teaching. It's by Rembrandt. But you picture Jesus on the day he delivers this parable. And, and he's speaking to the crowd, all kinds of people around, all different kind of people. But primarily, the beginning of this parable, Jesus was speaking to the Jewish leaders. The leaders of the nation of Israel that had been called by God and given this amazing invitation. You among all nations can be my people. I will give you enormous blessings. I will protect you. I will bless your harvest. I will keep your enemies away. I will give you victory. You get to be my chosen people. Even though they had that tremendous invitation from the king, God, they hadn't listened to that invitation. As we read other places in the New Testament, God had sent prophets to them and they had killed them. They hadn't listened. And now God was sending His own Son to them, the Messiah that they had been waiting hundreds of years for. And ultimately, they will kill Him as we know. They didn't understand when Jesus gave this parable. God was giving them a wonderful invitation to an incredibly privileged banquet, and they were ignoring that invitation. Instead, they were focusing on their own rules and their own legalism and their own expectations and doing what they wanted to do and not listening to God 
not coming to him. And so God would punish them. And in his day when Jesus first told this parable, he was giving a prophecy. Because in less than 50 years, Jerusalem would be conquered and destroyed by Rome. And the city would be burned. And many of them would die at a Roman sword. Because they had lost the banquet. Because they hadn't come. They hadn't accepted the invitation when it was ready. They wouldn't listen to God. So that's where we come in. Because we are part of that second crowd. The Gentiles. Those who aren't Jewish. That God sent his invitation out to that much wider circle. And said if the Jews won't come, invite everybody. And those of us who are Gentile today are a part of receiving that invitation. But as I told you before I began reading, there is a second point in this parable. And it's a little surprising. Because the beginning of the parable is going in this direction of inviting and everyone can come, good and the bad, as Jesus says. And yet then the king walks into the hall. And he notices somebody. God still has his standards. The concept that Jesus, as he tells the parable, is this guy had been invited to the wedding, but he didn't stop to clean up and he didn't stop to put on appropriate clothes. He just came on his terms the way he wanted, what was convenient for him. And even though God had said, invite everyone, there were still standards of what is appropriate, what is respectful. If you're going to a wedding banquet, to the king, stop off and wash your hands. Take a shower, put on some good clothes. I don't think any of us would see that as out of line. If not, you could lose your invitation. What is Jesus talking about there? Well, there's two verses I want us to read, both from John 14, if you want to turn over there. I think there was always that ongoing question, what's good enough to follow Jesus? What's it mean to be a Christian for real? First of all, I want to read verse 21. Jesus is speaking here, he's talking to the crowd. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Now jump down a couple verses. Verse 23, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make your home, our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. To say that we love Jesus and accept his grace and that unconditional love, whether we're good or bad, as in the parable of the banquet, doesn't mean that we don't do something about it. Jesus says here, if you love me, you're going to listen to me. You're going to take seriously those teachings I give you. And that's how we love Jesus. There is a behavior piece of that. 
And I think we wrestle with that even today as we try to communicate a message of grace and acceptance and forgiveness. Does there any expectations come back to us? This parable talks about that. Well, what if Jesus were talking to us today? We know what he, some of the things he was trying to say to the Jews in the first century when he first delivered this parable. But what about us today? I think there is that same warning to us. If we are the righteous... That we need to take God's invitation seriously. It's not enough to just hear there's that invitation or be aware of God loves me. Whether I'm good or bad, and we've tried to say that message often and frequently. But there's a part of this parable that also says we need to accept that invitation. We need to respond to God. It's not enough to just be aware that God loves us, that there is a banquet. We can't do nothing. We need to come. We need to respond to God, to accept his invitation. It almost seems like in the church we are a pendulum. And for a time, Several decades ago, everything seemed to focus on that invitation and that accepting Jesus. And that pendulum swung to a point of letting all people understand God loves them. And God wants them, God invites them to the banquet. But this parable, we need to hear that middle point that says, we need to respond to God. We need to say back to him, I'm coming to the banquet. I want you as my God. Jesus, I want you as my Savior. There are things we need to do about that. If we look and and we try to follow this in this church, there are outward things that express that inward coming to the banquet, that coming to Jesus. Whether that's a public confession that says, I am now a Christian, I believe in Jesus. The act of baptism, of washing our sins away, dying and giving God the right to raise us to new life. That being aware and accepting God's new presence in our life as the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Acting out those beliefs that we say we have. That's responding to this wedding invitation. That's saying to God, I want to be at that banquet. But with that, there is that second point. And I think here becomes a balancing act. And and the answer to this balancing act is our motive. And what I'm talking about is the second half of this parable says if you've come to Jesus, if, if he is your Savior, if you want to be at the banquet, then clean up. Take a shower. Put on your wedding clothes. It should make a difference in our lives. If I am a Christian today, what Jesus says, John 14, should matter in my life. 
What he says about how I treat other people, how I conduct my life in the business world, how I view people of the other sex. All those practical areas of my life, do I speak the truth all the time? All those practical teachings of Jesus should matter to us. And we should live differently. Now, I think the difference is in the motive. At times, people have been taught that's how you earn your salvation. You have this checkoff list, and you must be good enough to get an invitation to the banquet. That's not what Jesus preached. But what he did say is, I've died on the cross for you while you were still a sinner. But if you're coming to the banquet, clean up. Put on your best clothes. Not to earn your invitation, because you're grateful for the invitation. You're so thankful to the King who has invited you, to the Savior who has died for you. You want to look good in His eyes. You want to live in a way that brings a smile from His face, not a frown. You know that to love Him means you live that out in how you live every day. So you're dressed for the banquet. You're dressed for God's blessing. I'd like to ask you a question. Which character are you in this parable? Are you the first group? Have you been invited to the banquet? You're that righteous group, but have you missed out? Have you not expressed that desire to be at the banquet? Have you not accepted God's invitation, his offer? You're aware of God's love. You've heard the story of Jesus, and maybe it's something you want to get around to. Maybe it's something you know you should be doing. But you're busy. Everybody's busy. And realistically, I doubt if we'll be any less busy this next year. So at some point, it's time to say, I need to quit putting this off. I need to accept the invitation to the banquet. I need to publicly confess my faith. I need to experience that baptism and die and have new life and my sins washed away. I need to quit putting that off. Or are you the second half of the parable? Are you at the banquet? You've accepted God's invitation. You are here and say, I am a Christian. I've accepted that offer. To you, I would ask, how are you dressed? Have you cleaned up? Are you showing God your respect by how you live? Have you cleaned some stuff out of your life? Do you take Jesus' teaching seriously? There's changes you're making in your life because you know it's what God wants. And you're not just going on about your life as is convenient for you with doing what you want, irregardless of what God says. 
we're going to close our service today a little bit differently. Because I just saw this parable as a way for us to take very seriously both of these challenges. We're going to listen to a song that talks about this coming to God and accepting God's invitation. It's a a video. But as this song is played, I would ask you to consider your own life. Don't think about the person next to you and what they should do. Only consider yourself. Who are you in this parable? Is there a challenge here for you? Do you need to quit waiting and accept God's offer? Do something about it. Is there some cleaning up? Some better clothes you need to put on? Some changes you need to make in your life? Would you ask God to speak into your heart as we watch this video? Consider his call to you. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. I have what you need, but you keep on searching. I've done all the work, but you keep on working When you're running on empty and you can't find the remedy Just come to the well You can spend your whole life chasing what's missing But that empty inside You just ain't gonna listen When nothing can satisfy And the world leaves you high and dry Just come to the well And all who thirst will thirst no more And all who search will find What their souls long for
that you're full of love beyond measure. Your joy is gonna flow like a stream in the desert. Soon all the world will see living water is found in me. Cause you come to the well. central point of that parable and that is there is a banquet and you're invited the well is real but you need to accept that invitation you need to come to the well we're going to end with two specific challenges that I've already talked about but two things to do about them I'm not going to be at the door today as I normally am I'm going to stay up here um, there's some others who will come if we have too many people come up here. But if you've been one who's been putting off accepting that invitation from God to come to the banquet, if it's time for you to accept Jesus as your Savior, to be buried in baptism, I would hope you would come today. I'd ask you to come today. Don't put it off. Accept that invitation to the banquet. If you're part of the other group, and you realize in your heart there's some cleaning up that needs to happen, there's some changes in your life that need to happen, then I want to direct you to the prayer room. And the prayer team will be there and, and pray with you about what you need to change in your life to live out. You're at the banquet. You've accepted what God has said, but there's some things that need to change. And that's not easy. I understand that. But with God's help, those changes can happen. And that's where prayer starts. So if either of those things you need to do, don't let Satan encourage you to just stay in the pew. Or just walk out the door. Drive a stake in the ground. Make a decision. 
accept God's invitation, come to the well. Will you stand with me and I'm going to pray and that'll be our close for today. Father, thank you that good or bad, we're invited to your banquet. And living with you is beyond any celebration we've ever heard about. You can throw a party. Blessings beyond our imagination await us if we come to you. Father, if Satan has had people putting that off, I pray that you'd break down those walls today. And if there's things in our lives we've been tolerating, even though we know they would not please you, break down that wall today. Father, we want to be at your banquet. We want to come to the well and not miss out. We will never regret it. Thank you for Jesus and your invitation to come to your banquet. In his name, amen.